0: Poor Philip, poor Philip. Could you imagine being the Apostle Philip and you hear that your friend, your fellow Apostle St. John has written a gospel Don't know which the order was. Most people think that John wrote last of all the four evangelists. Could you imagine being Philip and getting hold of the gospel of St. John and reading through it, devouring it, right? Or having someone else read it to you and just waiting to see. Of course, your mind and your attention is directed to Jesus, but you all know this. If you're part of the story, you pay attention to where you get mentioned too. Could you imagine poor Philip reading through the Gospel of John and coming to John chapter 6 and hearing how you answered Jesus' question? It's kind of like those days back in school. Do you ever remember where you got called on and you really had no idea? You weren't paying attention to where you were in class? This always happened to me in English class. You know, you're supposed to be following along in the book and you're supposed to read paragraph by paragraph. And you think that you've got it all worked out. You know how the teacher is moving through the class. Okay, he started there, and then there, and then there. I'm number four, so I just have to pay attention to the fourth paragraph, and I can daydream about everything else. And then sometimes those wily teachers mix things up. And they call on you, and you just start reading the fourth paragraph, and the teacher says, "Um, David, you weren't following along, were you? It's kind of like that for Philip. Philip this morning, isn't it? Jesus knew what he was going to do, but they didn't. Jesus knew what he was going to do, but did his disciples. Jesus knew exactly what he was going to do, but like a good teacher, he asked his disciples if they were paying attention, if they were following along, and Philip and Andrew right after him, well, they gave an answer. But it wasn't really the right answer. And yet, can we hardly can we really blame them? Jesus knew what he was going to do, but he asked Philip and Andrew what they thought, not in order to embarrass them, not to put them down, not to call them out in front of the class. Tisk, tisk, Philip, you poor student, you weren't following along, were you? Now I got gotcha. you. Well, there's something instructive for each and every one of you this morning in this. Jesus wants you to pay attention. Jesus wants to take you in whatever place you are, whether you know his word really, really, really well, or whether you have no idea where even to turn in the Bible to find the gospel of John. Jesus wants to take each and every one of his disciples and bring them up, bring them further up and further in. Jesus does not Jesus does not want to have a bunch of oafish disciples. Jesus does not want to have a crowd of clueless people who have no idea, who are like little kids back in literature class in third or fourth grade, who think, well, the teacher doesn't really know what's going on, and I don't really have to pay attention. No, Jesus wants his church, each and every one of you, to grow in the knowledge of him. Jesus wants you not simply to be a spectator, watching, observing, but he wants you to be a participant. He wants you to join him, to come along with him, and so he asks Philip and Andrew to train them, to teach them. Hey guys, pay attention. Think like me what should I do here? Not because I need your help, right? Jesus isn't brainstorming with the disciples. Oh man, I don't know what I'm going to do today. Let's just throw some ideas out here. Philip, what do you think? Andrew, what do you think? Let's throw it at the wall and see what sticks. No, he asks them so that he might bring them along and that's important for us. Wherever you are, whoever you are, whether you are brand new to the faith like little olive this morning, or whether you have been a disciple of Jesus Christ for more years than you can remember, Jesus wants to make you more and more a participant with him. He doesn't want you clueless. He doesn't want you useless. He wants you to be educated. He wants you to be trained. He wants you to be part of his mission. And so he leads you along. But that process can sometimes be embarrassing. That process can sometimes be painful. It's not always easy to learn. Oh, yes, there are some lessons that are really quick to pick up on. But there are others that must be learned the hard way. There are other things that must be learned through the school of experience and not simply read in a book. And so Jesus trains his disciples. And I want you to pay attention this morning to what he is training Philip and Andrew and all of us in the church to do. Because John, think about this, right? John didn't have to record Philip and Andrew's answers. He could have just skipped over that. Matthew did, Mark did, and Luke did. And I kind of wonder if Philip and Andrew would have come to John and say, hey, did you really have to include that detail? Did you really have to include what I said about all the money? Did you really have to include what I said about that little boy and what is so little for so many? Well, yes, John had to include that. The Spirit wanted it written down so that you would learn. So that you would learn from their example how to speak with Jesus, how to grow in your understanding of Jesus, so that you would learn to not simply be a spectator, but to join Jesus, to become a participant with him in his mission. So think about Philip's answer first. Philip looked out at that crowd, and he's actually kind of, he's at least, we should give him some credit here, right? He's not a, a silly disciple. Philip looked out at the crowd and he saw and he understood just how massive the need was. Jesus looked out at that crowd and we know from later in the reading that there were 5,000 men plus add in all the women and the children. This is a big crew of people, right? Philip looked out at all of them and he heard Jesus' question, where can we go to buy bread for all of these people? And Philip knew, well, Jesus... Let's do a little bit of quick math. If we had 200 denarii, that is 200 days of wages, if we had 200 days worth of money, even that much, Jesus, wouldn't be enough to get everybody a little bite. Plus, we're out in the wilderness, Jesus. The need, Philip was overwhelmed. He was overcome by the need that he saw in that crowd all around him. And so he answered, there ain't no way, Jesus. There's nothing we can do here. The need is too great. Then think about Andrew. Andrew quickly chimes in, and you kind of wonder how he said these words, right? Andrew chimes in and says, well, here's a boy. He's got five loaves of bread and two. Well, maybe I spoke before I did the math. See, Philip did the math first. Philip saw the number in the crowd, and he did the calculation in his mind, and he said 200 denarii. Philip was good with numbers. Andrew, it seems like he's just looking around. Oh, there's a guy with some food, but, oh, I spoke before I really thought it through. You ever do that? You ever raise your hand in class, and then the teacher calls on you, and you start, oh, I forget. (laughs) You kind of want to run away and hide. It almost sounds like that with St. Andrew this morning. Here's a boy, he's got five loaves, two fish, there's 5,000 men, oops. What is so little for so many? Philip saw the massive need of the crowd and he was overwhelmed. Andrew saw the tiny supply. Philip saw the massive need, Andrew saw the insufficient supply, and they both came to the same conclusion. Uh, nothing to do here, Jesus. There's no answer. We don't know. What should we do? We don't know. The need is too great. We can't do anything. What should we do? Uh, we don't know. We don't have anything to offer all these people. We're too insufficient for the task. But Jesus knew. Jesus knew. The disciples didn't. Oh, they knew some things, but they didn't perceive everything. But Jesus did. Jesus knew the massive need of the crowd, and you better believe that Jesus knew that five loaves of bread and two fish on their own could not feed everyone. Jesus knew the need, just like Philip. He knew the smallness of the supply, just like Andrew, but Jesus Jesus wasn't overwhelmed by all that, for Jesus also knew what he was going to do. Jesus knew that in his hands, what seems to be so small and meaningless compared to the massive need is, in fact, way more than enough. Hear me say that again. Jesus knew the massive need of the world. Jesus knew that it was far beyond anything his disciples could even begin to supply, and yet Jesus also knew that with him, in his hands, what seems so insignificant, what seems so small, what seems so useless, is more than enough. And so he takes what Andrew knows, and he takes what Philip knows, and he adds to it what he alone can do. He takes that bread into his hands and he lifts it up in his prayer of thanksgiving to the Father. And there in the wilderness, what happened long ago for Israel, raining bread from heaven, happens all over again. For with Jesus, what seems so small is more than enough. With Jesus, the need that seems so far beyond what any of us could provide is more than sufficiently met. For with Jesus, there are no limits. Isn't that what he was teaching Philip and Andrew? Isn't that exactly what he wanted Philip to remember when he went home? Where will we go, boys, to buy enough bread for the world to eat? Where will we go to supply what the world needs? Well, if you look around at what the world needs, you're going to end up like Philip, saying there's not enough money to provide all the things that the world needs. Or if you look at what we as a church have, and I don't just mean in our own congregation, although you could look there, but if you look at the church as a whole and you say, well, what kind of skills, what kind of energies, what kind of powers and resources does the church have compared to what the world needs, well, you're probably going to end up like St. Andrew. What is so little, so little compared to the great need? But Jesus wants you to remember this and mark it well, that in his hands, what seems insignificant is more than enough. And in his hands, the needs of the world are supplied and then some. Go out and gather up what's left over that nothing may be lost. And you can bet that as Philip and Andrew were gathering in every last one of those baskets, as they were filling up those 12 baskets, they were learning their lesson. That with Jesus, there is provision for every need. That with Jesus in his his hands, not a single one of you is insufficient. That with Jesus, that with Jesus, there is always not just barely enough, but there is always more. Jesus knew, do you? Philip and Andrew didn't when the day began, but you can bet that they learned their lesson by the end of the day. How about you? Have you learned the all-sufficiency of our Lord Jesus Christ? Have you learned that with him there is no limit? Have you learned that from his hands there is no lack? Have you learned? Have you taken these things to heart? I hope you have, because Jesus wants each and every one of you to be a well-trained disciple, to know the answer to the question, what should we do? Jesus knows What he's going to do. And he knows that not only will he provide bread for that crowd on that day, but Jesus knows that he will supply what is even more of a deep need than just filling the belly with a little bit of food. How long did that hunger go away for the crowd? I don't know. How long does it last if you have a snack of bread and fish? You might be satisfied for a couple hours, but by the time evening came, I bet their stomachs were rumbling again. Jesus knows that our needs go a lot deeper than just filling our bellies. And he has seen to providing for those deeper needs as well. Every time your stomach rumbles, isn't it a reminder of death? I know that's a strange thought, but this is why we fast during the season of Lent. We fast so that we would feel our hunger. And the reason we want to feel our hunger is so that we would be reminded in a very physical, visceral way that I'm actually pretty weak, (laughs) that if I skip a meal I really start to feel it. And if I skip two meals, well, I'm almost fainting by the time I get to dinner time. Every time you're hungry, it is a reminder that death looms over you. Every time your stomach rumbles, it is a reminder that you are insufficient on your own to provide your energy, your life, your power. Jesus knows that, too. And he has seen to it to provide for you not just an answer to the rumbling stomachs, but an answer to death itself. Jesus has seen to it. He knew what he was going to do, not only that day up on a mountain beside the Sea of Tiberias, but Jesus knew what he would do on the real Passover, on the final Passover to end all Passovers. Jesus knew that he would hang his body on a cross and there be crucified To be an answer for the sins of the world, so that your sins could be washed away like little olives this morning, so that you may have victory over death, so that you may have an answer to the accusations of the devil. Oh yes, Jesus knew. Jesus knew what he was going to do. But do you? Does the church know? Does the church know the great needs of the world? Or do we close our eyes to these things? It's good for us to learn from Philip this morning that the needs of the world are great, that the needs of the world are many. And if you didn't know, then only lift up your eyes and look around, only open your ears and hear how confused and totally deluded the world is. Oh, but we're progressing, aren't we? We're growing in knowledge. Well, listen to the way people talk. Listen to the way people think and ask yourself, is this progress toward heaven or is it progress toward hell? The needs of the world are even greater than they were that day beside the Sea of Tiberias. So learn from Philip that indeed the needs of the world are great. And learn also from St. Andrew that if we were left to ourselves, what would so little be for such a great need? Do you have all the answers? Or are you like a little boy with five loaves of bread and two fish for 5,000 people? I feel like that every Sunday. I feel like that every day of my life. What am I going to say? What am I going to do? How am I going to help all of these people? And not just the people of my own congregation, but how am I going to help the needs of the whole world? For the church's mission goes far beyond feeding bellies. And yet, Jesus knows. And with Jesus all the massive needs of the world, and all the seemingly small and insufficient resources of the church, in the hands of Jesus, it's more than enough. Because what Jesus gives to the world is precisely what they need. Yes, a bite of bread beside the sea of Tiberias, but even more, he took bread on the night in which he was betrayed. And when he had given thanks, he broke that bread and he gave it to his disciples and he said to them, take and eat, this is my body, take and drink, this cup is my blood, which is shed for the forgiveness of sins. We have the answer to the world's need. We have it right here in the holy sacrament of the altar. Now, the world may not know what they need, and yet that is the job of the church, to bring awareness to the deeper needs than just bread for the belly, to provide bread for the soul, to provide the bread that does not perish, that doesn't melt away, to provide Jesus for each and every soul, Jesus for those who are little, Jesus for those who are old, Jesus for those who are healthy, Jesus for those who are sick, Jesus for those who are wise, and Jesus for those who are foolish. That truly is the answer for every one of the needs of the world. He knew what he was going to do, and he knew that he could provide. The question for us today is whether we do or not. Learn from St. Philip Learn from St. Andrew, but even more, learn from your Lord Jesus, who wants you to be a willing and trained disciple, a participant with him on his mission, who looks out at the needs of the world and sees, yes, indeed, the needs are massive, who looks at yourself and says, you know, I really don't have all the answers, but, but I know someone who does. And in the hands of Jesus, there is always more than enough. To him be the glory now and always. Amen.